The NFL Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $100 at WinBet and get a $100 free bet. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. I'm just about that action, boss. Here at the NFL Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. You know the voice, you know me. It's the guy, really real, villain real, Terrell Furman Jr. at your service. And look, we left one uninspiring Thursday night game. And we are at another uninspiring Thursday night game. And at some point, at some point, we're going to get one of these Thursday night games that we think is going to be terrible. The teams are very, very uninspiring, lack a lot, a lot to be desired. And it's going to be an amazing game. I don't know if this one is it, though. I got my guy with me, Scott Studio, Rochelle with me. Scott, what's going on? Nothing much. Last Thursday night game turned out to be an entertaining one, but for all the wrong reasons, it was a miserable experience. Having said that, we both got paid. So it was definitely a good experience for us. Yeah. I ended up hitting a decent amount of props, ended up... Also, making money on my DFS lineup, I believe I min-cashed, which is better than no cash at all. But I also had Hines in my lineup, so when one of your players gets injured two snaps into the game, and you still <laughs> make money. Spot. I was going to say, you st- spot. <laughs> so when one of your players gets injured and you still make money, that's still a decent showing there. But overall, went well. We thought it'd be an ugly game. I thought Matt Ryan would throw a pick. I thought you'd see a lot of really, really hideous football. It's what you got, but when you're playing for it, you can make some money, and this game might be ugly as well but i'll tell you what that broncos chiefs game will be a very tough act to follow in terms of offensive ineptitude it's almost impossible to match that you had what zero touchdowns and about uh, so remember we we talked about that and we threw it out there we was like we did yeah. we threw it out there yeah <laughs> we wouldn't mind a zero touchdown but it really happened it really happened like we i think threw it was it like a hundred to one it was like a hundred thousand to one or something it was a hundred like to one i mentioned first half i think that was like 28 to one or something but either way point is it's pretty tough to match a game that has a no touchdowns for about 65 minutes and change i don't think we're gonna get that but these teams aren't good either that's our point yeah, no, not at all. And I mean, it's it, it's just absolutely they're getting the NFL's getting over, getting over by giving Thursday night these like, all right, you need a football game here. Here's this one. And they've been right a couple of times thus far. These games have been very uninspiring. And I don't think that they're trying to give us anything good. Like, I don't think they're trying to give us anything good on a Thursday night. So all right. Before we get into this week's breakdown got to talk about win bet and now it's perfect time for new customers who bet a hundred dollars get a hundred dollar free bet plus the win bet casino is now open 24 7 where you can get a hundred percent deposit bonus up to a thousand dollars plus if you're looking to join the win bet biggest winners club i can tell you right here 
look, you have to hit the craziest parlay, like the craziest, the biggest parlay. Last week, the winner turned six dollars to four thousand dollars, and they got an extra thousand dollar free bet for joining the win bets biggest winners club. So hit the longest odds parlay that you can, your little 15 leggers, whatever you got, throw it out there. Try to hit those parlays. You get a thousand dollar free bet from win bet. Shout out to them for really looking out for the DGENs with this promo. I really, really love it. So much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to sportsgamingpodcast.com slash winbet, sportsgamingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. All subject change terms and conditions at winbet.com. It's one in order of present state where plate the winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right. Let's go ahead and do this. Thursday night football, Washington football. No, the Washington Commanders. They have a name now. The Washington Commanders. Who are the Commanders? Washington Commanders play the Chicago Bears in Chicago. Line opened up minus one and a half. Washington now is sitting at minus one. Chicago line is at the total is at 38, opened up at 40 and a half. Going to look at some weather here, about 15 mile per hour winds during this game. Injury report rise. Do we even have anything that we can report? Washington might be missing a decent amount of weapons, but we'll see. Yeah. So running back Jonathan Williams is questionable for Washington. Jahan Dotson questionable with that hamstring. He was out last week. Let's see here. See Logan Thomas also didn't practice. Yeah, Logan Tom. Yeah, and he's he's questionable with that calf injury, so that's going to be really big. David Mayo questionable with the hamstring linebacker. Going over to Chicago, you got Jalen Johnson questionable with a quad injury. That might be addition by subtraction. Uh, Matthew Adams linebacker questionable with a calf, and then you have Cody Whitehair that uh, offensive lineman that is out with the knee injury. So. Here's my thing with this game, Scott. I have no idea what Chicago does well. I mean, I guess run the ball. They don't even do that while they try to. Yeah, it just this this just seems like ah, Justin Fields got dealt a really bad hand, man. Mm-hmm. Th- this team really doesn't do anything well. Like there's a couple of things that I think I can pick out from Washington that they they do well. And honestly, Washington is a Carson Wentz away from being a pretty decent team in my eyes. Am I am I insane? I think this is clear cut. Washington is better at throwing the ball. They can't run the ball worth shit, but the Bears can't stop anybody. They couldn't stop a nosebleed if they wanted to. And I, I, I don't know. I'm just looking at these two teams and just how they kind of stack up. And... It's weird because both of these two game teams, what they're good at, the other team sucks at, or yep. what they're bad at, the other team sucks at. So Washington is fourth worst against the pass. Well, you know that you're not afraid of Justin Fields going out there and tearing it up. They don't even let him throw the ball over 15 times. <laughs> I mean, and then you have the Bears defense, who was fifth worst against the run. Washington can't run the ball worth anybody, anything, anything at all. They can't run the ball for at all, period. And so. I don't know. I don't know. My, I guess what leans me over to Washington is the fact that you go back and you look at the work, the body of work that they've had before. 
and Washington showed me that they can slow down a mobile quarterback because they slowed down in whatever way you want to say it. Slow down uh Jalen Hurts. Now they didn't he didn't have to do much on the ground because he was torching them from the air. But I'm just not concerned about Justin Fields throwing the ball. And I'm not concerned about a coaching staff that obviously doesn't let him throw the ball. And so where I'm sure he's going to get a couple completions. We'll talk about it when we get to my props later. I'm sure he's going to get a couple completions, but I'm not really scared of them getting into a situation where they're down and Justin Fields is throwing the ball to bring them back into the game. So I don't know. Maybe I'm tripping, but it's clear cut Washington plus one for me. What are you doing? I think this game is extremely difficult to call because both teams stink, and that's why the spread's basically a pick em. Chicago is 2-0 at home. One game was in a monsoon against San Francisco, so I'm not sure what you can actually consider when it comes to breaking down that game. The other one was against Houston, was a nail-biter throughout. I guess the one thing I want to point out is that the Bears have randomly been competitive in almost every game. The Green Bay Week 2 game was a murder. But they barely lost to the Giants. That was one possession. Lost to the Vikings as well. Uh, They were driving late. They were actually winning uh, in the fourth quarter there. I think a question that I have to ask, though, is which coach do you actually like more? Because Ron Rivera's been around for a long time. Yeah. I'm not sure how good he actually is. I think Eberflus is not actually that terrible. Am I wrong for saying that? I think he's actually decent. Mm, I I say the jury's out. Jury's, jury's still out, out. but yeah. I'm saying I know what Rivera out if he's is. good or bad. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. The I'm point not, is, I don't know. the I point is, it remains to be seen. But I think Rivera, we know what he is. I think he's a below average coach. I'm just gonna say. Well, I, I don't know. I think he's better than what you're giving him credit for. Uh, he had a good run there in Carolina, and of course, he had the Cam Newton MVP year, and they made I think it to he's a Super done good Bowl. In Washington for what he's had. I think he did well for a year, and then everything fell off a cliff. But still. Maybe it leaves a sour taste in my mouth that he just threw Carson Wentz under the bus in the postgame press conference. Maybe that just kind of rubs me the wrong way, but I think I'm going to go with Chicago in this one. I don't exactly like either side, but I do at least respect the fact that Chicago has an identity and they've been competitive. The Giants are four and one. The Vikings are four and one. It's been a one possession game in the fourth quarter in each of those games. I think that they've been competitive and I'm looking at Washington Yes, they were close against Tennessee. They lost. Tennessee, we don't think, is a very good football team. Dallas killed them. That's kind of expected. Philly killed them. I know it was kind of close, but not really. Philly just stopped trying at halftime. And they've lost three of their last four games by multiple possessions. I'm going to go with Chicago. Commanders are 0-2 on the road, and both losses didn't exactly look good in. I'll take Chicago. I don't feel great about it. But in a coin flip game, I'll take the home crowd at Soldier Field on a Thursday night. Question for you. If Taylor Heineke was starting, would you like Washington or Chicago still? I would take Washington. So I think Taylor, I think we see Taylor Heineke this game. That is also part of the reason why I'm on Washington. I I personally don't because Wentz threw for 350 yards. I, I don't think you can bench him after what happened. If he's awful yeah. in the first half, then maybe. But to start anytime soon, listen, I don't he's know. going through a shoulder injury. He has a shoulder injury that he's going through. And if you sit here and you look at the numbers, he, Wentz is they have the worst offensive line, one of the worst offensive lines in football, and not even just one of the worst offensive lines, but Carson Wentz also terrible situational awareness and just holding the ball for entirely way too long. Yeah. And so 30 out of 32 teams in sacks allowed. I mean, if you sit here and you're telling me that I'm getting a limited Carson Wentz and one hit 
one anything like that can knock this guy out of this game or and you're telling me the coaching staff doesn't already like what he has going on you could throw for 350 yards but if you're not winning games you're not winning games at the end of the day when Taylor Heineke was there they may not have been an all-world team but he was at least putting them in competitive positions to win a lot of games so I mean, I just – I don't know. I feel like we're a lot closer to seeing Taylor Heineke back on the center than we all think, and so – I think it's closer, but I don't think they're going to bench him on a short week to bring in a backup quarterback. I, I don't see that. I think that it's mostly a last-ditch effort by Rivera to try to spark up his guy, even though Wentz had 359 passing yards last week and they were a yard away from winning the game. I get it, he's injured. I don't think they're going to bench Wentz now. I think if you want to talk about hypotheticals, maybe a week or two down the road, maybe even next week, if he's awful on Thursday night. But for a short week game, I don't think he's going to end up being benched to start this game after going for 359 and two touchdowns last week. I don't think he's going to be benched to start at all. But if there's a a situation where I could see him benched at halftime or even not even finishing the game of his own free will, I, I can see that happening, and I think this is the type of game during a short week, you didn't get a full week to rehab that shoulder, that it could happen. I think it's possible, but I personally just don't see it. I think that if you were looking at what we would do as the head coach, we wouldn't have brought Wentz in, in the first place. So that, that part of the equation doesn't really matter because we both thought that Heineke was better than Wentz, and I'm sure we still feel that way, especially when your offensive line is shot. You need more mobility, and Wentz can't run. But I thought Wentz had moments last week, and I think that's good enough to give him another full game. And since it's a pick it means the game should be competitive throughout. So I understand where you're coming from. I think Heineke's probably still a week or two away, in my opinion. Okay. Yeah, all right. I, all right. I, mm, yeah, no, I get it. I get it. I think it's a long shot, definitely a long shot to call just saying it there, but – I think this is if they lose this game, this is the last. This has to be the last time we see Wentz. Like this, this defense isn't terrible. That's what I'm just at. This defense isn't terrible, and they could be an all right team with just better quarterback play. That's literally all they need. Yeah, I mean, you're giving them more credit than I am. I don't think they're a very good football team. But Chase Young's also still injured, so we'll see what happens. When yeah, no, back. no, but that's and that's the thing. The defense, like the defense, isn't giving up. Like I talked about this in the total show. This team hasn't given up more than 25 points in three straight weeks. Yeah, it's, it's hanging in there. I don't think it's a great unit, but they're definitely better than they should be on paper. I mean, they're better than they should be just based on what I've seen. Roster-wise, I don't think they're very talented, but they're hanging in there. Yeah, no, it, it, that's Riverboat Ron. He always coaches up a pretty solid defense. I just think on a short week, defense travels. This could be leading into the total. I mean, there's. I just don't understand how we can go out over – this I thought, total I thought you so were weird. leaning to the over on the and total. I am, though, and I am, and I've been going back and forth because the total is so low. At this point, I think that I would just rather put the total in a teaser, tease it up, and take the under. But it's just one, one botch play, one crazy long pass, one defensive touchdown, anything like that. And Even a one strip sack inside his own 20-yard line, you're set. Yeah, like – my gosh it just i don't understand yes yes i'm taking over i don't understand why i'm doing it i have no reason on doing it three straight unders for washington that makes sense you're you're taking it because it's already moved two or three points yeah and i i don't like it i don't like it if you're telling me that you're on the under i'm like that's a good play 
primetime unders are freaking 11 and 5 in this season. That that's my handicap personally. I'm leaning under no chance I bet it at all. But the thing is we talk all the time about how important it is to actually execute in the red zone and how important it is to finish off drives. These teams are awful at finishing off drives. I think you might be seeing a couple of really long 6-minute drives that result in 25-yard field goals and if you have the over you're going to throw something. So I'm going to go yeah. with the under and I'm going to dare them to actually get into the end zone. That's where I'm looking at. I'm not going to bet the total, but if you're asking where I'd lean, it would be the under because I've seen these teams in the red zone. They're not very good. Yeah, and look, Washington, fifth best in the league in opponent third third down conversion rate. Chicago, 28th in the league in third down conversion rate. That kind of leans back into my Washington angle that I just think Washington can finish a couple of more drives in Chicago. But yeah, I just I think you're going to see a lot of field goals. You're going to see a lot of field goals, and it's going to be similar to last week. And there's going to be a couple of touchdowns in there, but this is going to be close. This is going to be close, and it's going to be somewhere in that 30 range. And I just don't like catching the back end of the number, but I get it. No chance. No chance I actually bet this total at all. All right. Let's get down. It's a first touchdown, sir. I'll let you go first. Throw out your first touchdown bits. All right. So for this one, it's pretty tricky because one team is just incapable of running the ball and they have about four different running backs they try to use and they're all bad. So for this one, I am going to go to a quarterback and I'm going to go with Justin Fields. I think that he's got a pretty good price on him. We know that the Bears never want to throw the ball, but we know that especially near the red zone, Fields is capable of either extending plays or creating something for himself. And I think that if you want to talk about some good odds, maybe you could find better odds than I have right in front of me right now. But I see first touchdown score. I see fields at around 10 to 1. Do you see anything yep. different? Same thing. I don't mind that. I think that the Bears really just don't want to throw the ball. And fields is still a very good weapon, especially in the red zone, of rolling out and just outrunning defenders or broken play master, just trying to find something. I'm going to go with fields at 10 to 1. As my quote-unquote favorite, I think that's a pretty good price for a team that really can't throw the ball. All right. What else you got? So my second one is going to be a bit of a longer shot because I really don't like any options here. But I am going to go with a guy who really didn't do anything last week, which is kind of why it's a hot take. But Washington's missing so many players. I have to at least point out the snap counts here. I'm going to go with Cam Sims at around 40 to 1. I don't know if you see okay. a different price there, but Sims is a bigger body receiver and I'm looking at the snap counts. McLaurin played nine, played 98%. Makes sense. Samuel played 90%. And we know uh, Brown had two catches for 105 and two touchdowns, but he only played 32% of the snaps. Cam Sims actually played 59% of the snaps. Mm -hmm. So Sims was easily based on just workload or routes run the third wide receiver on the team Andy is a bigger body. We know Washington wants to throw it because they actually cannot run it. I'm going to go with the guy and go with the snap count percentage. Give me Cam Sims at 40 to 1. I don't know if you see better odds, but that's what I'll take. No, that's the best odds that I've heard. From. Any thoughts on that one? That's kind of a sneaky play there, but I feel like the snap count alone and the fact that Sims is a bigger body and Brown is mostly a deep threat. He really doesn't have many routes on the route tree. He's kind mm -hmm. of just a go route guy. So... I'm hoping a game plan for a red zone offense. And I think Sims gets snaps in those situations. So give me Sims at 40 to one. Yeah, no, I like, I mean, I like Sims. I like Sims. The only thing that my concern is I think Sims would have been a fun guy if like Heineke was in the lineup. Cause I know that's his guy, but I'm not too certain what his relationship and his, uh, 
what's the word I'm looking for? Chemistry is with Carson Wentz. I'd pick Logan I think Thomas, but I don't know. I don't think Thomas, I don't know if he's going to play or not. So the point yeah. is, you gotta, I got a player on the injuries, and even Brown was questionable because I think he got banged up as well. So you have so many question marks on the receiver actual depth chart. I got to take a stand somewhere. So I'm yeah. going to go with Brown because at least he gets snaps. No, no, I like it. Anything else you got? Uh, not really. I was trying to think of a case for Robinson or somebody on Washington. I have no idea who's getting the goal line work for that team. So I'm not mm-hmm. going to bother. I would make a case for Wentz, but I'm not even going to bother because it's really just only a QB sneak draw. McLaurin never gets targeted by him for some reason. I don't really have many other options. So I'll go with the long shot for Washington. If you want to sprinkle a defense for fun, I don't mind that either. But no, it's mostly going to be field to 10 to 1 and Sims at 40 to 1. All right. My first touchdown. Of course, Justin Fields at 10 to 1 is number one on the list. I mean, 10 to 1 is just still crazy odds for this for how they much throw. He can first touchdown and the opportunity that he has when he gets is it's crazy that 10 to I don't think anybody, any starting quarterback that's mobile is still at 10 to uh, 10 to 1 odds other than Justin Fields, maybe. Because I know I know for a fact Hertz is not. He's more seven to one. I know Allen is more in like six to one. Mm-hmm. Uh shoot, Jackson probably is around six to one as well. Nobody's around ten to one. You're getting value off of just pure facts that there's no reason he should be ten to one. Next for my Bears is uh Equiminus State St. Brown. So I'm going with him because, and I'm really going in fate in what these two teams just don't do well. Washington's terrible against the pass. Bears terrible against the run. And I think that there's going to be a little bit of attention more over to Mooney's side. They give up a lot of attention to the perimeter wide receivers. I like St. Brown in this spot at 25 to one. I think it's a pretty decent price. He feels gets a long one to go and it just goes to St. Brown instead of Mooney. All right. Washington side of the ball. I'm going with Gibson, 11-1. I'm really not afraid. Of, I'm At the end of the day, Brian Robinson just got shot. He just got shot. Like, got they're decent, not got a decent it. workload. Uh, at least it was pretty even between the three running backs in that game, so I kind of stayed away from the running backs. Yeah, but they also lost one in that game as well, so I just feel like that extra work, like whatever extra workload is coming in this game is going to Wait, who Gibson. did this? They lost uh, Williams. That's the uh the Did he third ever play? back one. Yeah, no, he played. They were they were I mean, rotating. Was it? I mean, I, I thought that they just had Robinson, Gibson, and McKissick. No, no, they had Robinson, Gibson, McKissick, but they were working Williams in there as well. Like I could have sworn he got I saw him with a couple of snaps and I saw the play where he went down last week. Uh it says zero percent snaps. Um maybe I'm for tripping. week five. So I that's sworn why I was I asking because I, 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 I was just I, I mean go back three they still have. That's why I was curious. Either way, I don't think that. I'm I'm just not I'm gonna sell the fact that I think Brian Robinson is just about to get like a crazy workload. I just don't think I don't think that's the case right now. Like I'm Gibson's been good in the red zone as well when he was actually yeah, starting. And it's just he he fumbles the ball. Like yeah. that's really it. He just won't he just won't hold on to the ball. But I'm fine taking a chance on Gibson. He's a starting running back at eleven to one. I think and Robinson's at like nine to one. And I just, I don't know. I'm fading Robinson coming back and being like the old, the ultimate number one goal line back. I think it's going to be a couple of weeks till they put him in those situations. He may get the workload just off a situation of where they're at and whose drive it is, whether it's his drive, whether it's a Gibson drive. But I like my chances with Gibson. And my second is also going to be a running back. And this one is going to J.D. McKissick. 
26 to one pass catching running back third down. Love the check down to him. He's a guy he's due. Like he is due. JD McKissick always has like a crazy two touchdown game. And it just feels like he's due. I love to back him here on primetime. He's also just a good player. I mean, there's some players that don't exactly get much publicity and he's not probably good enough to be a full-time starting running back. But you watch him play, and you you know he'd be amazing in New England. Yeah. You know, like a Shane yeah, Vereen like that James type. White, that James White type. James movie. White, Shane Vereen, you know, Falk, oh, all Vereen, these guys. That is a throwback name. Vereen was always on my fantasy team. He was always on my fantasy team because for PPR, he was a monster. No, you so know my I, have, point. I have McKissick, and I'm in an expert league with uh, FSGA. I'm in an expert league with them, and I have McKissick on that team. And he's been starting for me for over the course of the season. He's been putting up pretty decent, like getting me pretty decent points because of the pass catching work. That My he favorite does. fantasy pass catcher for running backs, just throwback Danny Woodhead. If we're really going all the way Danny back, Woodhead. but still Woodhead was a <laughs> Woodhead was a was an absolute beast. Yeah. But still, point is I feel like he's a perfect third down pass catching guy. Also in garbage time, we saw in the final drive when Tennessee was playing prevent. Uh, you had a lot of opportunities to check down, and we know Wentz isn't afraid to do that. So I like McKissick as an overall player. I'm not sure if I like him for first touchdown because I kind of like the pass work later on in the game. But once again, it's a coin flip, and they're kind of running a carousel at running back, so I don't mind that at 26-1, to you said? Yep. I don't mind that. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to the prop section of this Thursday night breakdown. I'll go ahead and give out my first prop. I'm going with... Carlos Santos, kicker for the Chicago Bears, over one and a half field goals at minus 105. I mean, do I have to give a breakdown here? I, it's a good price. I, just, I, told you, I told you what it was earlier. Washington, fifth in the league in opponent third down conversion rate. Chicago, 28th in the league in, in third down conversion rate. I think that they can move the ball on this Washington defense, but it's more of a bend, don't break defense, and they get in the third down in the red zone, don't convert, going to have to settle for field goals, and they're going to take them. So, yeah, give me the Santos over one and a half field goals, minus 105. So how do you want to do this, by the way? Do you want to alternate? Do you want to give out all yours? Then I'll give uh, it Yeah, we'll alternate. Okay. We got three. So you mentioned the player for first touchdown. I'm going to mention him just for an actual prop. I'm going to go back to J.D. McKissick, and I'm going to go with him over – I'm contemplating either receptions or receiving yards because receiving yards is 21 and a half and receptions. I actually don't even see receptions here. So that my decision was made for me. I'm going with the (laughs) over 21 and a half. A little trivia question. Do you know which Washington running back has led the team in snap percentage each of the last three weeks? I'm guessing McKissick. That is correct. It is Jamie McKissick. (laughs) He had 53% in week three. He had 51% in week four, and then he had 41% in week five, which surprisingly led the entire team. And that game was close. It wasn't like Tennessee ran away with it. That game was a nail-biter. So McKissick has had the majority of the snaps, and I'll mention that later in my DFS lineup, spoiler alert, but he doesn't really run the ball that much, and he's a very good pass catcher. McKissick could get there in potentially one catch if he just gets loose on a screen pass or maybe a wheel route and they have a linebacker matched up on him. But I like McKissick a lot as an overall player. And since Washington might be down a couple of receivers, we talked about Brown being a bit banged up. Uh, Dotson hasn't practiced all week in addition to missing last game. And Logan Thomas might be hurt as well. The point is they might be a little bit short in the passing game in terms of weapons. And McKissick could be used maybe even in the slot for a couple of snaps. I like McKissick over 21 and a half receiving yards. To go through the numbers, he had 37 against Tennessee, 16 against Dallas, 
32 against Philly, 54 against Detroit, had 20 against Jacksonville. But he's had at least three receptions in every game. So I like the steady workload in the passing game. If I told you you'd get one player who's going to get three-plus receptions and his yardage count is 21 and a half, wouldn't yeah, you just no, blindly like take that. the over? Yeah, like he can get that in two. Like, he can get that in one potentially if he gets open. Yeah, but that's the point. He just burst. End of the half, little two-minute drive there, a bunch of check downs until the other team's playing prevent. I don't mind it. So, yeah, I'll go with Wentz uh, to target him a couple of times. Give me McKissick over 21 and a half receiving yards at minus 110. Messing around, it might be Taylor Heineke just targeting him. Either way, the point is McKissick's <laughs> getting the most of the work, apparently. So I'll take it. I was shocked at that snap count stuff. I guess it makes sense because McKissick's guaranteed third down and they're alternating first and second down with Robinson and Gibson. But I'll take the guy getting most of the workload there, 21 and a half, to do what he does best. No, I love it. All right. Next thing on the slate. Prop wise, I'm going talked about it, teased it a little bit earlier. Give me Justin Fields longest completion over 32 and a half yards. So we already talked about how bad this Washington pass defense is. They've given up over this prop every single game of the season thus far. And if we look at the numbers, we're looking at 49, 49, 45, 38, 40. Those last three were all in the Eagles game. 45, 61. They're, they're going to blow coverage at some point, and Justin Fields has the arm to get it downfield. I don't know if he has the time, but he has the arm to get it there. And how he's able to go run out, do the bootleg, and be able to extend plays with his legs. And he always does look try to look downfield. like He's not one of those rushing quarterbacks that as soon as it's not there, he automatically takes off with his legs. Justin Fields really tries to push the ball downfield, and because there's nothing open down there, he normally ends up taking off with his legs. I like him to see something he likes downfield this game and get a really long completion. So 32 and a half where they've cleared this number pretty easily in every single game this season just feels like a discrepancy because Justin Fields is that quarterback. So give me Justin Fields longest completion over 32 and a half yards. Yeah. Minus 115. All it takes is one. So that's all that matters. But especially with broken plays, we know that Fields can extend something and we saw it against San Francisco, for example, throws it across the field to Pettis for 50-something yards. You can get something like that happening. But I am going to stick with the quarterbacks. I'm going to transition over to Wentz, and I am going to go with a classic staple for me on this show. It's an interception prop. I'm going to take Wentz over half an interception at minus 120. <laughs> I feel obligated to. I know the Bears' defense isn't great, but Wentz is a turnover machine. He's thrown at at least one interception in four of the first five games this season. Last week was the back-breaking one with about five seconds left. He threw one at the goal line. But even dating back to last year, the guy throws a ton of interceptions. We all know mm -hmm. about it. It's not exactly a shock. But the point is, I do think for a guy who is extremely loose with the football, playing outdoors, we know they can't protect him. So if he gets pressured, he might force something up. But I do like the interception number here at minus 120. Washington just can't run the ball. And I think as a result, Wentz is going to have to throw it a lot. I'm hoping for one pass to go awry, and I think he gets picked. But minus 120 for a guy that already has six interceptions through five games, I think it's a very nice line. I'm going to take it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I like that. And, I mean, we talk about Matthew Stafford. Carson Wentz is definitely up there in that same statue of – Stafford's a Hall of Famer when it comes to the interception <laughs> prop. That's a whole separate yeah. category. But, but it just seems like a very, very cheap price for somebody that 
Stafford's the first first ballot Hall of Famer since Winston's 33rd year. Winston is a first ballot, like no doubt, 100% nomination that for the 30, Hall of Famer. That 30 year was actually like really, like there's going to be a 30 for 30 on that year. And there should be. But the point is he's the ultimate interception prop first ballot Hall of Famer. I think Stafford will probably get in, but maybe second ballot. It's close. I, I think it was something crazy, some crazy stat about that year of Winston too, where they were like, man, if he like cut them interceptions in half, he's like mm-hmm. one of the leading uh, fantasy quarterbacks of the like not even the entire season. I think it was even more than that, but it was just all those interceptions just tacked on thirty times two. Thirty times two yeah. is sixty points. Like that's, but that's a lot. those were first ballot guys. Second ballot guy was Matt Schaub for that pick six Matt streak Schaub. that he had. Uh, wow, that, that, that was six, like six that, Yeah, that's the old one. What was that that's like seven seven strike games of the pick six or something? Like that's historic stuff right there. You're never going to see that again. But still. The point is, I do think that Wentz throws a bunch of picks. And since it's outdoors, I do think that a little bit of wind could impact them. Maybe off the hands, you're going to be using a lot of backup receivers. Maybe the chemistry is not there. Yeah, that's kind of my thoughts on Wentz. I have another prop for Wentz in a sec, but I'll let you go first. Yeah, no, let me go ahead and end things off pretty easily. Terry McLaurin over 54 and a half receiving yards. Can they throw him the ball, please? I, I, they just don't I do feel it. like this is the game. I feel like this, this has to be the game. Partially, partial of this is me also truly not believing that Carson Wentz finishes this game and that Taylor Heineke comes and ends up saving the day at some point. And Taylor Heineke really does like Terry McLaurin, but Terry McLaurin is the best wide receiver on this team. He's the, and I know that he has a little bit of a rapport with Curtis Samuel. He likes throwing the ball, airing the ball downfield, and that opens up Duami Brown while Jahan Dotson is out. But Terry McLaurin is that possession guy. He's that guy that you know can get a catch, be able to do something after the catch. Really great wide receiver, 54 and a half. We've seen this Bears team against other number one receivers, and they've given it up a few times, especially more recently. All uh, More receiving yards than any passing yards total that they've had this season to Justin Jefferson. So, yeah, I like Terry McLaurin to get over 54 and a half. Yeah, and my last one is going to kind of go back to Wentz. It's going to be on his completions, and I see his numbers currently at 20 and a half. I get the fact that he's a bit injured. I get the fact that the Bears want to run the ball and drain a lot of clock. But to go through Wentz's numbers so far this season, these are his completions. 27, 30, 25, 25, 25. His number's 20 and a half. How do I not take the over in this? Yeah. You can go over for pass attempts too. His pass attempts are 32 and a half. He's had at least 38 in every game. I get Mm -hmm. Chicago wants to drain the clock, but I mean, at some point, we got to at least talk about the fact that Washington cannot run the ball, so the ball should be in Wentz's hands all the time. Either pass attempts or completions, I think he's going to chuck the ball around a lot because it's really their entire offense, isn't it? He had 359 Mm -hmm. yards last week. Yeah. So either They can't run the ball consistently. Either completions or attempts. I'll go with completions at 20 and a half. But I don't mind those attempts either. I just think that those numbers, based on the season averages, are way too low. I'm going to go with the over. All right. Uh, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? 
Well, we each gave out three. I don't know if you. I, oh, I, yeah, yeah, no, I gave no. out four. I got but... distracted because I was literally making a change to my DFS lineup that we're about to talk about. I was going to say, I, I kind of gave out. I gave out four because I gave out completions at 20 and a half and attempts at 32 and a half. That's all so, right. We'll so if you, you want a fourth, you can do it. But those nah, are good. We'll let you get we'll let you get the extra one this week. It's fine. Okay. I don't want anything extra in this game that I don't have to. <laughs> it's mostly all just right. banking on Washington having to throw. I don't care if it works out or not. I just hope they get banned on the run again. Yeah. All right. Before we get into DFS, got to talk to you about FUBU TV because they give you complete coverage of college and pro football, everything you need. Like they run God's Eye off of FUBU TV. So it, it is super duper cheap. Like you're not getting any contract commitment. You're paying half a fraction of the price of cable and you're getting all the sports channels that you're looking for. And so try FUBU TV for free seven days or get and get 15% off your first month. Just go to FUBUTV.com slash SGP. That's FUBUTV.com slash SGP. We're also brought to you by iStrader, the number one place to pair odds from all the major sports books where you can get different sign-up codes, promotions, play-by-play updates, live scoring and bet tracking, player statistics, key game statistics, game day weather, all that. So make sure you go to iStrader.com slash BlueWire. iStrader, the number one site for your game day bets. All right. Let's go ahead and get through this lineup. I'll kick things off this time with... My cap. So I decided to go contrarian with this lineup. I truly don't know if this is going to be any good or not, but hey, I'm just trying to do things that I don't think anybody else is doing. And I really don't think anybody else is putting Antonio Gibson in their captain slot. Even though the Bears are absolutely terrible against the run, nobody trusted Antonio Gibson, especially not with Brian Robinson coming back, especially not with how he's been handling the football. I think that this is potentially the Antonio Gibson game just because of he's able to exploit the run. And if he exploits them early, they're going to keep going to him. Like they're going to go to the hot hand and you're not going to want to, you know, use Rob overuse Robinson when one Gibson is doing really good handling the ball that game. So I think there's a time and a place where Robinson is going to take over this backfield. I don't think it's here on Thursday night. Give me Antonio Gibson in the captain slot. He exploits this bears terrible run defense. What say you, sir, on your captain? So for my captain, I don't even know if this counts as contrarian or not, because I feel like most people tend to pick quarterbacks for their captain spot. Mm -hmm. But since quarterbacks in the captain spot have been so bad on Thursday night football for the captain, I do think it's actually a decent spot to go with a bit of a long shot here. I'm going to go with Wentz at the highest salary possible. And am I wrong for thinking it's actually a contrarian play? Yeah, no, it's that's very. I think it might be. Nobody's throwing. I so the change that I was making is that I was trying to convince myself if I really wanted to put Taylor Heineke in this lineup or not. That's just funny. (laughs) It's just really funny. No, so look, so look, the other week before um Tua went down, I really, really like went back and forth and was like, dang, should I throw Teddy Bridgewater in here? Like, I feel like nobody's doing that, and he could low-key come in here and have a really good game. And I ultimately didn't do it, so now I'm trying to make sure I'm not overcompensating by a missed opportunity. But also, I truly think that there's a chance Wentz doesn't finish this game. So, But to be the ultimate contrarian, yes, nobody's putting Wentz in their captain slot, especially not in this game. Especially for that salary. But my logic was, I do think even though most people tend to do quarterbacks, this lineup is so bad that I'm expecting a lot of people to do both defenses, both kickers, maybe a running back somewhere in there. I really think that it's a good spot to potentially invest a decent amount of salary 
in a guy who, worst case scenario, throws the ball a ton. I mentioned the numbers with the completions and the pass attempts. He had 359 yards last week. I think it's a good spot to invest salary in a quarterback that a lot of people aren't interested in, but I think stats-wise could have a decent game flow. Yeah. So I'll go with Wentz as my captain, which is the highest salary, but also in a way contrarian, as paradoxical as that sounds. Yeah, no, this whole lineup is just like pure, like contrarian. Probably we're going contrarian in different ways. You're going yeah. with a running back. Yeah. I'm going with a quarterback. There's and no great way to build a lineup. My second, game. my second player is going to keep going contrarian because I'm going with Chicago defense. And I know I was shitting on Chicago defense over here, and I actually lean more to the Washington Commanders in this game. But at the end of the day, they're going to get sacks. Like they they struggle all season getting sacks. They have to get sacks today. I think this is the the sack party, the coming out party for them. Getting after the quarterback on a Thursday night at home. I'm just leaning on a whole bunch of sacks, bringing that points total up for them. And then maybe we get a strip sack fumble, maybe touchdown, anything like that on the Carson Wentz side. Yeah, give me the Bears defense for my second player. I originally had them, and then I switched them out because I found a very good low-budget option on the platform I'm using instead. So for my second one, I'm going to go contrarian again. Uh, this one's not as contrarian, but the idea of using both quarterbacks in a game of a, with a total of 38.5 or 39 sounds crazy. I'm going to do it. Give me Justin Fields at uh, for the price I'm using, 16000 yeah. I like the running ability. I like the fact that he can potentially find somebody for a big play for a touchdown. Washington's defense is atrocious against the pass, so I'm hoping that somebody gets loose. But we talked about Fields for first touchdown, and I was torn between Fields and Montgomery, and I wasn't sure which way to go about it. But since Washington's pass defense is so bad, I'll take a shot there with Fields. It might be common, it might not be. You tell me who else is going to be using uh, $33,000 of salary with both quarterbacks in a game with a total of 39. Yeah, probably not most people. I'm not most people. Give me both quarterbacks. All right. I will go. Well, I have fields, too. So I throw Justin Fields in there. Like I said, this is the uh, crazy contrarian lineup for me. And we're just going to see if we can go out here and cash. And ultimately, Justin Fields, not only does he have the legs factor, but I truly think that he can get a long, deep shot touchdown off on this Washington defense. They've given it up before. They've given up every single game this season, some games, multiple get times this season. You have Darnell Movie, you have St. Brown, you have Luisa Jones, you have, you know, a quality amount of weapons that Justin Field can use relative to whatever the hell he's been doing this time beforehand. Yeah, give me give me them to get somebody in the backfield. I mean, in the back of the secondary and get a really long touchdown. So Justin Fields. Yeah, I'm cool. With, I mean, yeah, I think that Fields is going to be a guy who a lot of people look at the stat sheet and say, well, he can't throw. Maybe, but if he goes for 70 rushing yards and a touchdown, suddenly he doesn't need to throw the ball. And and if he gets a, a deep touchdown and added to that, that's a pretty solid fantasy day. You yeah. know, one touchdown in the air, one touchdown on the ground. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So for my third option, I was torn between Montgomery and the guy I'm going to use. It's a guy that you think is due for a big game. It's a stack for me. It's going to be Wentz stacked with McLaurin. I'm going to take McLaurin at around 13,000 salary-wise. At the end of the day, I think McLaurin has the great opportunity to have a big game. We talked about how Brown is potentially injured now and how you're also looking at Dotson, who hasn't practiced yet. McLaurin quietly had a pretty good game. 
against Tennessee. Uh-huh. But to go through the numbers there, he had five catches for 76 yards. I think he could score a touchdown in this game as well. But the point is, I do think if you're looking at a guy who might be a little bit low-owned because of the lack of production, I think McLaurin's one of those guys. Montgomery, I really thought about, but at the end of the day, he's 2K cheaper. I think McLaurin, if Wentz has two touchdowns, one of them probably goes to McLaurin. So I'll go with the stack. Give me McLaurin at 13,000. All right. Yeah, I went McLaurin too. So, I mean, hey, let's just go ahead and throw it out there. I went McLaurin too. I think that is his day. I, I almost I almost day. had Samuel, but I'm concerned about the lack of touchdown upside. So I went with McLaurin instead. So I also almost had Samuel, but again, different reasons. And partially, I am like almost positive that Carson Wentz might not finish this game. Like <laughs> from the press conference to the injury with the shoulder to man, this guy can't stop holding on the ball for so freaking long. Like there, his his days are really really numbered in Washington, and I'm just waiting so I can cash that under uh 3600. He's been slinging it, so we we need I him know. to get benched. So that's why he needs he needs to miss time at this point because if he plays an entire season like this, he's slamming over that prop. Oh, if he plays but, the entire season, he's going for arguably like 4700. Like he's really just <laughs> slinging it. But we know he's going to get benched at some point cuz yeah. we expected Washington to be like 1 and 7. Yeah, no. All right. It's if they lose this game, he's done. Like he should done. be. There's no way he he can. They cannot lose this. It game depends how they lose. If he throws another backbreaking red zone interception, it's done. Yeah. All right. Next person I have is Jay McKissick. This I got, is my I got guy. Him too. I got. Yeah, him. this is my guy. I think that this if if I was ever like on somebody to have a big day, I think this is. I really might need to put Jay McKissick in my captain slot. Like, that's the ultimate contrarian. I don't think anybody's doing that. Just do it. I think McKissick take, is, take the receiving prop. Yeah. No, look. So I think he's in for a good day. Not only is the receiving prop look well, but Washington's one of the worst teams. Like, they've allowed three touchdowns, receiving touchdown and running backs this season. Already, that's one of the worst. Wait, Chicago NFL. or Washington? Washington. No, wait. Yeah, no. I did that wrong then. Oh, yeah, so that's wait, why you confused me. Oh, yeah, yeah. That threw me off. Oh, maybe okay. I'm on, maybe I'm on uh, Montgomery. I like, maybe I need to throw Montgomery. Montgomery's oh. a lot more expensive than McKissick's. So that's why I'm asking. No, no. Montgomery might need to go into this lineup, though. Montgomery could have it. But either way, back to Jaden McKissick. I feel like there's like a random every year. It's like Naeem Hines, Jaden McKissick. Like a lot of these pass catching bats have a random primetime game that they go for two touchdowns and everybody is sick. This could be it for Jaden McKissick. I mean, this could be it. He's just, like you said, he's outsnapping the other running backs. He's probably one of the more consistent players on this entire team. Yeah. I, I I don't think he's had, like, a bad week in terms of his production thus far. Like, he's always been able to, maybe one, but, like, he's always been able to do what he does really, really well. He's got three catches in every single game. So, I love McKissick props this week. I just think that he's due. There's a, there's a time. Call it gut handicapping or anything like that, but – it just feels like this is the time. Hey, let's unleash JD McKissick. Let's have him have a really big role in this offense. And some reason the Bears really do well against wide receivers. Like I know that Justin Jefferson just had one, but they've shut down a couple of other wide receivers over the course of the season. I think Terry McLaurin still gets his, but everybody else could be in for a little bit tougher of a day. So yeah, give me JD McKissick. I like him. Yep. And for my last one. I am going to go to a very, very cheap option, which is why I splurged a bit on Wentz, Fields, and McLaurin. It's a guy who did nothing last week, but I mentioned him for the snap count, and I said I was going to get back to him later. 
It's going to be Cam Sims. And right now on one book, his salary is 5500 which is absolutely insane. I know he had <laughs> one catch for seven yards, but once again, he played 59% of the snaps. He was third of all receivers in snap percentage. Dotson still isn't practice. Now Brown is potentially hurt, and he played 32%. I think, I think Sims, for the volume alone, I think that he's got a pretty solid opportunity to at least make a couple catches, maybe even be a red zone threat. But if you're looking for a guy who might be owned by like 2% of rosters, 59% though, he played 37 offensive snaps. It's a pretty solid number there, but I mean, 5,500, you're looking at the guys near him and you're looking at the likes of uh, Pringle, who's on the IR, who's not playing. You have Bates <laughs> as like a fourth string tight end. You have Ebner, a fifth, like a fifth string running back. Sam Howell is 5,000. Like these are the people that are priced next to Sims and Sims is playing over 50% of the snaps. Give me Sims at 5,500. I love it as a low budget touchdown upside weapon who could potentially be in the winning lineup because nobody's going to have him. I'm, I'm, I'm doing a Taylor Heineke lineup. Like that's happening. I may not give it out here, but I'm doing one. And Sims is going to be up there. I think Sims needs to. His salary doesn't make any sense based on the playing time. Yeah, he, I'm going to stack him with Taylor Heineke. And that's really – so it, I didn't give it out here, but if you see me at the top of the Billy Maker because I have a Taylor Heineke and, and Sims stack, you know, just mind your business. Don't tell nobody that I want a million dollars so nobody's mm -hmm. out here trying to rob me. For comparison, though, Dax Milne, the BYU guy, who is another wide receiver on Washington's depth chart, he played 2%. He played one offensive snap in the entire game. His salary is 500 more than Sims, and Sims played 36 more offensive snaps. This is actually hilarious. It doesn't <laughs> make any damn sense. I got to take the value with Sims. That's crazy. All right. I like it. Outsnapped last... him 37 to 1. He's 500 cheaper. Yeah, no. It's like crazy. It. All right. My last person, Darnell Mooney, just stacking him with Justin Fields. And, you know, like I said, this is more of a contrarian lineup for me. But – Hey, if, if Chicago's in this game and they get a long touchdown, I had the price for it. I could have got St. Brown, but I had the price for Mooney, so I just paid up and took Mooney. Mooney gets behind the defense, and, you know, what if this is the breakout game? Everybody's looking for the breakout Darnell Mooney game, and this could potentially be it. So, yeah, I'll take Darnell Mooney, just a flyer on him. Cool. All right, let's go ahead and get into our best bets. Lock anytime touchdown presented by WinBet. Thank you here for my lock. I'm going to go with. Do we, do we need another break, by the way, or we're good? No, oh, no, no. We're good. We're good. Okay, cool. Just checking. All right. For my lock, it, it's between that field goals prop and the field's longest completion. That Washington defense is really bad, but I don't know if I trust Justin Fields to throw the ball. Just give me Carl Santos over one and a half field goals, minus 105. That's a great price. And like I said, Washington really good on holding teams on third down. Chicago sucks on third down. So hopefully that third down is just in a red zone so they can kick the field goal. All right. Santos over one and a half field goals. That's my lock for my touchdown. Uh, I didn't even get a price on him. Uh, just name the player. I have the prices in front of me. J.D. McKissick. McKissick is plus 425. Oh, come on. Like, come on. And somewhere that's going to be plus 420. So, yeah, shout out to that. But you probably yeah. find better, but that's what I see in front of me. Yeah, no, I like JD McKissick. 
I think that is Jay Bakisui. Now, for a you know safer bet, if you want something safer and like, hey, you always give out big bets. Why don't you give us something safe? Fine, give me D- David Montgomery because Washington gives up uh, a lot of to a lot to the receiving back, and I think David Montgomery still gets his receiving work. And he went came back and went straight back to seventy seven percent of snaps. So yeah, I like David Montgomery to score as well, but. I like giving out value. I like giving out value. So give me JD McKissick for my anytime touchdown plus four twenty five. Montgomery's plus one fifteen. By the way, see, look, like that's a he's the know, favorite, but he's plus one fifteen. Baby dog. Okay. So for my lock, I'm going to go. He's the back. favorite at plus one fifteen. Yeah, nobody, no, nobody a... has faith in anybody. <laughs> Holy yeah. shit, he's the favorite at plus one fifteen. <laughs> but that's who. That's who. Uh, you know. That it's I still like the value on that. But yeah, no, I, it's, it's definitely some value there. It's also a very good DFS hedge because I didn't have Montgomery in my lineup, so it makes sense for me if I wanted to take him. But for my best bet, I'm gonna go back to the running back that we both love for this matchup. It's gonna be McKissick. I'm gonna take him over 21 and a half receiving yards at minus 110. He's had three catches minimum in every game. He gets yep. targeted a bunch, and with the potential receivers being out or tight ends being out. With Logan Thomas, Dotson hasn't practiced, and Brown got a little bit banged up. Somebody's got to catch something. So mm-hmm. I'm going with McKissick because I do think with such an awful offensive line, they might just have to check down all the mm-hmm. time to prevent Wentz from getting killed. I think McKissick goes over. So I'll go with him over 21 and a half as my best bet for receiving yards. This is his day. Matter of fact, what's his two touchdowns? Uh, his two touchdowns is – let me see what I got here. Uh, okay. Two touchdowns for McKissick is 35 to one. I mean, I'm officially giving it out. Okay. 35 to one, two touchdowns for McKissick. I think this is his day. Okay. So that's 35 to one. As for my touchdown, I'll do the same thing as you. I'll give out one somewhat favorite and then I'll go for a longer shot. Like you, I am going to take Montgomery at plus 115. It's plus money. I kind of have to. The the thing is Chicago, they want to run the ball. He also got a bunch of pass catching work. And after Herbert took the job for about a week, it appears Montgomery's gotten the job back and then some because they gave him 75% of the touches. So I'm going to go with Montgomery as well at plus 115. And for my long shot, I've mentioned him several times, including my DFS lineup, but I love the price. Cam Sims, 9-1. to one. Let's give it to go. Me. Nine, Let's fucking go. Nine to one for a guy getting roughly 60% of the snaps. That's good enough for me. I'll take it. Yeah, no, that's actually insane. I'm going to have to bet that as well. That, yeah, that's an all time great call. You catch that nine to one. If he cashes, I'm doing like seven victory laps. We'll see yeah, what happens. Yeah, no, I love it. So. I absolutely love it. All right, Scott, anything else for the people before we get up out of here? Not really. Uh, looking forward to cashing money on this game. Not, I'm not, I don't know if I'm looking forward to watching this game, but either way, <laughs> Should be fun. I know we made a decent amount of money last week. I know we Mm -hmm. also did the total show, so check that video, check that podcast out. Besides that, we have an NBA division preview to do. I believe it's the Atlantic division, which we're doing on Wednesday, so stay tuned for that. Besides that, though, uh, yeah, not much else. Still doing tennis, still doing the prop cast. I should be having another NHL prop cast episode with Ryan Gilbert some point later on, uh, either on Wednesday or Thursday. So get excited for that. But you can find me on Twitter, Rush Show Radio, and let's make some money. All right. Let's do it. Other than that, make sure you subscribe 
to the NFL Gambling Podcast. If you're not subscribed, like if you're just randomly listening to us and not subscribed, just drop down, hit subscribe. Matter of fact, scroll a little bit further, drop a review in there. Make sure you shout us out. Say what you like, say what you don't like, all that stuff. Throw, throw us some good reviews. We'll try to get you some merch for those as well. And man, I mean, I just really don't know what else. He's at Rice Show Radio. I'm at Really Real underscore underscore. I don't have any other way of ending the podcast. No cool tag sign or nothing like this. So we're just going to end it like this. Yeah.